This is the Needs a Hug Podcast. Do you need a hug? Hello and welcome to the special episode 2.5 of the Needs a Hug Podcast for April 1st, 2011. My name is Kaziah and with me is my co-host, Belfel. Hi, all. We have a fun extra episode for you this week because joining with us today is Adith, the itinerant raider. Say hi to the nice guildies, Adith. Hello, nice guildies. <laughs> so, Adith, I understand you come from a land of strange Japanese MMOs. Why don't you tell us about your time in the increasingly misnamed Final Fantasy? Well, um, I started playing Final Fantasy Eleven quite some time ago. I guess coming up on six years. It came out around 2005. And, um, I don't know, I started playing that game uh, pretty pretty early. I, I didn't really know that I was going to be entering into to raiding, but uh, I eventually played... Oh, man. Must have been... To get to the level cap, to really start to get into raiding, probably took me about eight months, and that's pretty fast in Final Fantasy XI. The game takes a lot longer to level than in uh, than WoW, which is very unfortunate in my opinion. Wow, that is actually quite a long time just to get into a uh, raiding level of a game. Mm, well, in that game, once you get to a certain level, it starts at level 50, and then 60, 70, and then for your final 75, you have to pass a series of trials. They're specific to the class of character that you have. The last trial, you have to fight against a certain character who does things based on your class. And I know many people who failed it for months, like they were stuck at level 70. They could not level past this because they couldn't beat this fight. Wow. That comes brings to mind at what point is it too much and you actually lose players because of that? Well, yeah, the the biggest problem that Final Fantasy had, in, in my opinion, was it was just too hard. It was too unforgiving. But one of the benefits of that was a lot of the younger players who didn't really want to, you know, put the time and didn't play. So the, the, the age of the, the players was generally a little bit higher, a little bit higher maturity. People who, you know, will just stick with it time and time again. But I, I really agree. It, it got too much sometimes. So once you moved to WoW, how long did it? How did you get into raiding? Well, I, I pretty much knew that I wanted to start raiding because I, I'd raided in Final Fantasy XI for three, three years, I guess, and uh, I was I was really intrigued by the aspect of doing raids as instances instead of having to go hunt them as world bosses. Another problem or good thing about Final Fantasy XI, depending on your point of view, was all of the raid gear, all of the best gear in the game really came from world bosses instead of instances. So when the boss pops, you have to be there. And it had a three-hour window uh, with 15-minute spawn intervals that you had to be out there. Wow. So you're saying that basically every three hours you actually just had to sit there and camp it? No, uh, they, they were most... well. Some of the, some of the times varied, but for the for the main ones, they were on a one day timer with a three hour window, and in that three hour window, every fifteen minutes, it could spawn. So now you need a minimum of eighteen people to kill one of these things by like your team of eighteen people, and with say five or six, or if it's in prime time, uh, or you're on a heavy population server, maybe 
eight to ten guilds all packed into a tiny room waiting for this monster to spawn. The, the competition is really heavy. People's feelings get hurt. It's, it's, uh, it's very frustrating sometimes. Now, here's my question. Is it like WoW, as in the sense if another guild tags it first, they get the kill? Or is it kind of a community thing? Is if you hit it, you're all in it? Only the first person, once you claim a monster, once you attack it or use an ability on it, it is yours. And it, it stays yours until you or your party die. No other players can do anything to that monster. And the only thing that they can do to you is heal you or cast, like, uh, protective stuff. So once somebody gets a monster, there's no real way to take it back, to, to like, steal it away from somebody. Okay, so, so basically if you hit it, does your party get the whole credit, or is it just you alone? No, the, the, the party gets the credit, and nothing is looted from the monster. Some items drop into the pool, and then from there, they can be lauded on or given out to people by the, the, the person in charge of the party. Now, what some bad people do is if they're the party leader, like uh, stealing things in, in WoW, you know, it's, it's bind, on, uh, bind on pickup. So what they do is they'd uh, get the people that they want in the party, break off the alliance, and only their, uh, their people would get it. So there's, there's a lot of drama involved. Sounds like uh, loot ninja-ing happens across several games then. Oh, indeed. And it's, but it's so much better in WoW. Like, it's, it's so much more... Like, there, there's no chance for another guild to, to come in and steal anything. Uh, which is one of the big reasons that I, I went to WoW. I just got too burned out on Final Fantasy XI. That's the one thing that amazes me is these world bosses. You'd have like, you know, five, six, ten guilds just sitting in one spot, just waiting for that respawn to happen. And, you know, you know, it could you could be there for, what, weeks sitting there if you got the raw end of the deal each time? Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's what's broken up many guilds. Not only that, but... Especially one of the, one of the big things is fights are much longer. Like raid fights are much much longer in Final Fantasy XI. The first time our Link Shell, our guild, defeated Tiamat, which is a big dragon roll boss. It's actually on a weak spawn timer. It uh, it took us I think seven hours. Holy cow! A seven hour boss fight. Yeah, wow. and that's that's not the longest actually that. Uh, um, that has ever happened in Eleven. Uh, there was actually some press coverage on a boss that they released where the uh, the team fought it for 16 hours until people just started dropping from exhaustion and throwing up. It was a bad deal. Uh, yeah. About that point, I would say, time for a new game. Exactly. And since my brother played WoW, uh, I thought I'd uh, give that game a shot. Now, WoW had something like that in Vanilla. I didn't play in Vanilla, but I do remember people talking about it, the World Dragon bosses. Mm -hmm. I think there were three of them. I, I also didn't play in Vanilla. I only started in Burning Crusade, and I didn't really raid in Burning Crusade. I did Karazhan like once before Lich King came out. Yeah, I mean, that's um, basically about the same thing I heard was um, back in Vanilla was these World uh, Dragon bosses. Just guilds would get grouped up together, and um, on top of you know everything that you just mentioned about Final Fantasy, um, got to be pretty uh, server 
um, intensive, especially with lag and everything. Did that happen in Final Fantasy? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you get so, some of the areas for the world bosses were pretty big, but uh, some of the areas, like Dragon's Area for uh, the Dragon Fafnir, were, you know, like you could fit in, in like reality, you could probably fit maybe 60 people in the room. And you'd have upwards of 110 people in the zone sometimes, so it could be it could be really laggy. You'd, you'd have to turn down all your settings. Like I, I know a lot of people, myself included, we had two video settings. One was normal. One was raid boss. You turn off everything so you can see that monster pop, hopefully before anybody else, and get the provoke off. Wow, does sound uh, very competitive. Now, I haven't played Final Fantasy XI. When I started, it was back Final Fantasy VII on the PlayStation 1, Final Fantasy VIII. Um, there's also... I didn't play nine because it was a little too uh, cartoony. It had really the uh, Japanese kind of cartoony to them. Um, played ten, didn't really get into that one. Skipped eleven, and Most actually... People did. Yeah, played 12. Does 11 still follow kind of the same storyline and everything as you progress through? It's just with other people from other places? Yeah, actually. And in my opinion, one of the best things about Final Fantasy 11 was the storyline. For each expansion, and there were, um, I guess, five by now, but when I was playing, there there was only three each expansion had a set of missions to do. Uh, some missions by yourself, some with a party, some with an alliance of people. And the story was fantastic. It was done by cutscenes. It was uh, very, like, I, I, very gripping. Like the uh, the overarching storyline of what's happening in the universe and things when when things happen in the storyline, like they kind of stay happened. For you, a little bit like the the phasing, like you just weren't allowed into certain areas until you had completed certain parts of the story. Uh, a lot of them for the uh, real endgame content, you you had to do the the, the whole storyline, and so that that was another thing that stopped a lot of people because the Chains of Promethea expansion was unimaginably hard. Some of the fights were just grueling, and people failed and failed. I knew one guy who attempted uh, one of the missions. 32 times before he attempted it. And he was not bad. He just had really bad luck. Wow, 32 times. That, uh, for such a good storyline and everything, it just sounds like it's a, a pretty, definitely hardcore person type of game. Yeah, and not only hardcore, but team-based. You can't really do anything alone. You can't level by yourself except for like one or two classes. You can't really do missions by yourself unless they're very specific. It's it's very team-oriented, and if you don't have a good team, you're destined to failure. So, we haven't talked at all about what uh, what class you play. What are, what are you? Ah, I was a Shadow Priest. I melted faces. Another <laughs> face melter. One of the things we're wondering about is after you got into raiding, you joined... Uh, which guild was it that you started with? Originally, I was in the Makai tribe in Burning Crusade, but again, I didn't really raid there. The The one that I started really raiding with in Wrath of Liching was the guild Cataclysm on Ravenhold. So did, how 
when you're doing a raiding guild like that, did you just show up one day like you do in Needs a Hug and you're allowed in, or was there some kind of process? Uh, well, what had happened is uh, I had picked up a shout for a pickup group, um, and the guy running it, we, we'd actually, we started all to our 10 men and ran all the way through up to Yogg. Like, we actually made it through in one night, and uh, this was, I was still in blues, I had like one or two purples, it was, it was pretty ridiculous, but we, we, we somehow made it anyway. And the leader of the group, they, they were they were all from uh, one guild. And the leader of the group said, "Hey, you know, like uh, you're not too bad. Why, why don't you uh, why don't you join the the raiding guild?" And I said, "Yeah, sure." So I, I guess the pug was kind of a tryout. Okay, because you often hear from people that you you know you have to go to some guild's website and uh, sign up and put in or basically it sounds like a resume. Now, if you didn't have to do that, did your raiding guild have something like that? Uh, well, they did, but I, I guess when I joined the guild, it was just forming. And so there, there wasn't really like a defined process. But I guess a couple months after, into that, after, after we started clearing Alduar, well, clearing up Teog, we, we started having a, a real application process. The, the guild started around the start of 3.2 uh, when uh, Crusader's Coliseum came out. Okay, so you were at that point clearing all of uh, Alduar up to Yogg, and so um, how did? So what was it like being in a raiding guild like that? Mm, well, to start off with, it wasn't as hardcore as uh, as as it became once we really got into Crusaders Coliseum. But the the big thing about the raiding guild is it's competitive. Everybody wants the gear, and so everybody's hungry and there's not a lot of room for failure it sounds harsh and it it is because uh, it's a competitive competitive thing you know very very strict like you fail once okay you know everybody gets one but you fail consistently you're going to be replaced wow so it was a really uh, tight ship for one of a better word did that lead to a lot of drama having to do with DPS meters and stuff. Oddly enough, no. the The majority of the drama in the in the guild came from people feeling that the second group was holding the first group back, which is a problem when any raiding guild becomes too big and you start running more than one core group. In my opinion. So you guys were running what two ten mans or a ten and twenty five or? Well, we were running two twenty fives. And by by the end of it, and four t- uh, or five tens, like pretty much anybody who wanted to do a ten could just make a group. But the twenty fives were the mandatory raid guilds, uh, raid run. Now you say mandatory. If you didn't show up to raid, you were kicked out of the guild. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not kicked out, but you were taken off the roster. And like, if you continued to show no interest, then you were given the boot. I mean, it's a raiding guild. It's not there for to help you level, it's not there to get you geared up for heroics or anything like that. It's a raiding guild. You're there to raid. And so, uh, I believe two nights a week we did uh, EP GP, which is a form of DKP. Uh, effort points and uh, gear points, I believe. Well, most people uh, in our guild are going to have no idea what even DKP is, let alone uh, EPGP. Um, can you give us a quick rundown on what all that stuff is? 
Yeah, I don't even know what DKP actually is. I know it stands <laughs> for Death Kill Point. Dra- but that's dragon it. Kill Point. Okay, Dragon Kill Points. So, okay. see, I was even wrong there. <laughs> no problem. Well, in any sort of raiding environment uh, where it's more than just need and greed, you need a fair way, or at least a way that seems fair to people, to distribute gear. And um, uh, one of the ways to do that is to give points to people for showing up. Even 11 we did this. You got attendant points. So say you go to a raid and you down four bosses. In DKP, each of those bosses is worth a certain amount of points. If it's a really hard boss, they may award more points for it. If it's an easy boss, may award less. And items cost a certain amount of points. So say you get 200 points saved up and you want that shiny dagger that drops, you bid 100 points on that dagger. And Buddy over there says, no, I want to bid 150. And he wins, he, t- he spends the 150 points, and he gets the item. And so that way people eventually get their gear. Uh, EPGP is a little bit less cutthroat. You don't actually bid for items. Uh, it goes in order of who has the highest ratio between effort points and gear points. So if you have high effort points, which means that you are consistently showing up on time, and you have low gear points, you haven't gotten many pieces of gear, then your ratio is high and you have more likely chance to get an item that drops. Once you get an item, your gear points go up, which drops your ratio, and somebody with a higher ratio who hasn't gotten as much gear will get the next piece. That seems more like a... uh kind of uh, keep everyone on the same level kind of playing field, it sounds like. Exactly. Like, you're, you're directly rewarded for your effort without anybody, you know, like, say there's that one piece that's best in slot that's super good, and there's that one jerk who sits there and doesn't spend and doesn't spend and is doing lower DPS than everybody else because he doesn't spend, and then that item drops, boom, he just gets it, and there's nothing that anybody else can do about it. So EPGP keeps it a little bit more honest. Well, as a guild master, I'm really glad that I don't have to deal with something like that. That sounds like a whole lot of work just to maintain the gear system, let alone organize a raid. Actually, not at all. There's an add-on for that. Aren't you, aren't you glad you're in a uh, casual guild rather than a raiding guild? Oh, I, awesome, I often am. Um, also... Uh, speaking here as my uh, putting on my uh, guildmaster hat, I am always um, so thankful that I have such great officers because if I didn't, if I actually had to do all the work that happens in this guild, let's just say none of the work would happen in this guild. <laughs> Sounds about right. So you you get into Cataclysm and you guys start raiding. Um, you said you were doing the TOC content, the Trial of the Crusader and the Trial of the Grand Crusader and all those things. What type of things did you run into that a guild like Needs a Hug probably wouldn't have run into while you're raiding? Like, what type type of personalities and stuff show themselves? Well, you get a lot of people who have absolutely no patience, and you get a lot of people who play the blame game. One of the great things about Needs a Hug is you don't have to worry about, you know, like you messing up and everybody just railing on you and, you know, you cost us this fight. We don't have that many attempts left. Like every time you mess up, like there are serious repercussions. There's there's none of that pressure. 
And so the 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 pressure gets to people and hmm, I'm trying to think of like serious issues that we run into. Just being geared and like people doing their job. Again, consistent fail, you just get replaced and people can get really salty after three hours. It's 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 really funny to watch the the level of skill slowly go down as the night gets later and later and when it's two o'clock and you've wiped on the same boss for four hours it's time to call it quits (laughs) we see a little bit of that in our guild as well just when we're uh you know when we're making our attempts on somebody if we're working our way um i know during lich king when we were um doing the first wing and then part of the second wing every night the difference between everybody's abilities on say uh marogar and the their same people's abilities on you know somebody like rotface it was you could imagine it was a completely different group now here's the thing i i think is interesting when you say you you know for our guild like a casual raiding guild or something we'll go smack magma against the head and you know we'll try five to seven times and be like okay we're done let's go do something else but you just said you guys would work on a one boss for like four hours yeah definitely done that before sour fang comes to mind when lich king first came out we were all off our high horses from toc we cleared uh grand crusader 10 we were um, at Anubarak on 25, you know, like we were like, nothing can, can phase us. And so we got through Marogar. I believe we got him like second or third try. Like Marogar wasn't that much of an issue. Uh, Lady Death Whisper, that was probably like an hour or two till we got like the, the kiting right and getting the right groups. Um, airship battle, like lulls. We, we had a great time with it. It was a lot of fun. It was like a nice breather. And then we couldn't we couldn't get the the blood beasts right like we didn't know how to get around that because there there hadn't been a huge amount of testing done you know like we were, we were kind of on the bleeding edge and that's that's the thing about bleeding edge raiding guilds is like you don't always know what's going to work because it, nobody's done the bosses 100 times to know this is exactly the thing so there's there's a lot of trial and error and with that trial and error comes just time like it's like okay that didn't work now we're going to tweak this and we're going to try it again. Yeah, that just seems to me like, uh, like you said, pretty hardcore. Um, I think after I smacked my head against something that much, I'd just be, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Well, it's a different kind of mentality, and sometimes I don't subscribe to the mentality, but the the reward is the gear. Like, you get the best gear. You get the shiniest yeah. pixels. And sometimes that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. That's what we do it for. The shiny pixels. Now, banging your head over and over again like that, is that what leads to the raider burnout that we hear about so often? Uh, absolutely. Like, it's just, it's, it, it turns from a, it turns from a casual thing that you do for recreation into a job or, like, a hardcore hobby. You're expected to be there. If you're not there, like, things like you're you're punished for it you know like there's that obligation it's like every tuesday and thursday night i raid and it's like you can't do 
anything on those nights, like, ever. It's not like, you know, like, uh, I was thinking about playing WoW tonight, but now nah, I'm going to go out with the guys. No, you're there or you lose out, and next week you may not have a spot. I guess it's that always that fear of being replaced like any other team. That's mm. um, We actually are host to quite a few um, I know that were previously hardcore raiders, and I continually hear what a wonderful change being in needs a hug is compared to being in a raiding guild for these people because uh, I guess they're used to every time they go into a raid the kind of drama that you're talking about and you get in some place like needs a hug where we tend to argue about the gear more along the lines of okay well it would be better for you no no I don't want it I'm not in the raid enough you you take it you know that kind of argument over you know oh I want the gear and I gotta have it yeah and one one of the biggest things that happens is when people get gear when it's not completely legit, but say, you know, like their EPGP isn't quite as high as this other person, but the guild, the, the person distributing the gear, gear feels that, you know, they come to the raid more or it can contribute more to that. And sometimes it's the right choice for the raid and the wrong choice for the people at the same time. And feelings get hurt and people leave guilds. Yeah, it sounds like uh, I'm very happy that we don't do that kind of raiding. Absolutely. It's, such a, it's, it's very relaxing for people who can come in and just have a good time and there's no expectations that you have to live up to, you know? It's just like, I'm going to come and raid, and if I don't want to raid, I'm sure there's somebody else who will. And if we get gear, that's great. And if we don't, oh, well, we had fun, you know? That is sort of the philosophy of Needs a Hug just in a... In a uh, in a couple of words, there. Yeah, no, I've I've done my time like doing serious rating. Like, um, uh, I don't know. If, I don't think I'll ever like get back into like hardcore rating unless it's like a new game and I get really into it. Well, that closes the book on our third show. Leave us a comment on the boards and let us know how we're doing and what you would like to hear from the next podcast. Well, I'm your host Kaziah, and for my co-host Belthel and our guest Ada, all you huggers out there, have a great night. Say goodnight, Ada. Goodnight, Ada.